Welcome to Simple Kicking, the show by special teams for special teams. Simple Kicking provides football's latest special teams news, insights, and interviews with kickers, coaches, recruiters, and agents to give players the best chance of success on their career path. And now, your host, former Division I kicker for LSU and Rice University, James Harrison. Reed, it's week one, 2017, Jets at Bills, first quarter, about five minutes left, it's third and 12. What do you remember from there? Uh, was that was that uh, right before first first official regular season? That was a uh, punt punt snap. You tell me. I don't remember. I mean, I don't remember the specific time, but I do remember the opponent and uh, and the year. Yeah, this was your first regular season punt snap. There you go. I was probably crapping my pants a little bit, honestly. <laughs> Heart was racing. Oh, for sure. Um, as as would anybody's in that situation before your first live regular season snap or rep. Preseason preseasons one college is one thing. Preseason is another. Regular season is the real deal. Is it the big? Is it like the big show? That is probably a great analogy. It's the lights are a little bit brighter. Just a t- just a little. <laughs> this is the NFL. I mean, this is, you know, the nat. What in my head I hear the you know the bells that the NFL has for like NFL films is like no 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 no. So you run on the field. Oh yeah, hearts racing. You got something going down your leg. Sweat. Maybe other other substances. Possibly. <laughs> and you fire a bullet. Absolutely. Had complete confidence in myself. Did it a million times. Just went out there and let it fly. Reed, but you're looking at your target upside down. Your head's in between your legs. You snap from a vulnerable place of weakness. And then immediately after... Your task is to evade an oncoming freight train that wants to rip your face mask and then rip your face off so that flesh is flying all over the field. <laughs> That's probably an accurate description. It's never happened, but... Dude, your margin of error, though, in that situation is what? Give me a your strike zone. Um, so strike zone, I know we, we've covered it a little bit a while back when we were talking about um, the app and stuff, but, um, it's usually, I mean, I would say it's probably, and I don't, you know, I'm not going to get into specific measurements, but I want to, I want to be inside the width of the body, the width of the hips. Um, and then no higher than, you know, mid chest, uh, down to about mid thigh. That's, uh, for a punter that reaches out, um, in front of him to catch it and doesn't wait till the ball comes into him. If the punter catches it out in front of himself, maybe a half yard um, in front of in front of his his feet, uh, that's usually a good spot for for most punters to catch it, uh, and it's not too high or too low. So you love shooting handguns. You like shooting assault rifles, things like that. Oh yeah. So 
I'm thinking, and for those who have never shot a firearm before, when you're going to the range, you have a outline of a body. So, Reed, you just kind of gave it the outline of the body, but where is the core of the core of that strike zone? Like, what gives you the the highest amount of points on your figurative? If I could hit him in the belt buckle every time. And the belt buckle is six, is what, six inches? If? Like I'm how- saying center, center square belt buckle right in the middle. That's That would be, you know, that's what I'm aiming for every time. Wow. Dude, in your in your craft, there are no balls and strikes. There's only strikes. That's right. Balls, balls, uh, balls get you fired. Exactly. So your margin of error is measured in inches. And again, let's go back to that scenario. Your very first game, <laughs> the guy in front of you that you have no protection. Okay, he's coming to go after you, and you know that. You've watched it on film. You know what that. Nose guard. What would, what would he be? The you just call him the nose. You know his tendencies. Uh, yeah, he's a bully. Yep. He's known in the league as a bully that he's going to go right after that snapper before your your eyes even, you know, reach the roof of your orbital bone. <laughs> how do you keep? How do you have that mentality to do your job and hit that belt buckle? Uh, it really comes down to repetition, I think. Um, I mean, one of the key things that I tell myself every time is that I've done it thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of times um, in all different environments. I've snapped on a driveway. I've snapped in a garage. I've snapped in a backyard. I've snapped on hills. I've snapped on slopes, you know, upwards, downwards. I've snapped where you know in the middle of of uh, moving traffic on a median. I've snapped in Tiger Stadium. I've snapped in all every stadium in the SEC West, night and day. I've snapped in the swamp, right? I've snapped in really hot weather. I've snapped in really cold weather. Up here in Buffalo, Kansas City Stadium, the Chiefs Stadium, super windy, super loud not an easy place to play. I've done I tell myself every time I run out on the field I can do this in my sleep. I want to be able to snap every time I go out on the field whether it's 4th and 1 or 4th and 30 I want to be like Michael Jordan shooting a free throw with his eyes closed. <laughs> for the for those who have listened to this podcast, we've heard that before from one Chris Rubio. Chris Rubio says, I don't need you to be a home run hitter. I don't need you to be a three-point champion. I want you to be a free throw shooter. And you can check out Rubio at rubiolongsnapping.com. Is that a guy you worked with? Is that a guy who you learned that from? Yeah, I mean, I, I've been uh, going to Rubio. Um, I mean, I, I obviously don't go to camps anymore, but... Um, I do. I, I went to Rubio eighth grade through, I mean, pretty much all the way through uh, senior year at LSU because he had a he had a combine prep camp. So, um, you know, that, you know, he, he has done a, a ton for me and has has really helped me get to where I am today. 
Yeah, for sure. So this is like a chicken or the egg. What came first? Learning how to deal with pressure or accepting that you've worked and done everything you possibly could? Um, that's a good question. I think uh, learning how to deal with the pressure probably came first just from a mental maturity standpoint for myself. Um, I played, so I snapped in high school and then also played on the offensive line, had a, had a super tough O-line coach, really just beat us down. I mean, he was, he was a really good coach, but really just, just beat us down. He's really, really hard, really hard on us at practice. And I just learned to, um, kind of deal with the pressure of being perfect and being on to always being on top of my game. Um, when, you know, just trying to perform in O-line drills, uh, every day at practice, much less, you know, the, the 15 minutes of special teams we'd get, you know, every day. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, yeah, I, I would say dealing with the pressure first and then later on, came when I when I realized that uh, controlling what I can control is a huge part of um, of playing at this level uh, you you learn you have to you have to learn to accept that you that when you when you've put your best foot forward mm. um, you know you you have to you have to know when that is and, and just accept the outcome knowing that you've done all you can to to you know, to be the, in the bet, to put yourself in the best position. So like you're hopping off the airplane, you're hopping off the bus, whatever it is you've got, you're walking in the stadium throughout that process. Now you're sitting in the locker room about to go out. What kinds of things can you control and what kinds of things can you not control? Like what's on Reed's list? Uh, so basically every aspect of my preparation, um, is all under my control and that's, that's pretty much where it starts and ends. Um, you know, from showing up, from getting up in the morning at the same time and eating, you know, the same breakfast, listening to the same music, watching the same soccer games, <laughs> whatever it may, whatever it may be on, on, on a game day morning, um, and then get, you know, to get myself right before we head to the stadium. And then, uh, you know, once I get to the stadium in terms of, uh, unpacking unpack my stuff up, getting undressed, getting dressed in my, uh, my, my pregame stuff, <clears throat> um, stretching music, walking the field, uh, warming up my shoulders, all that kind of stuff, tying my cleats, putting my pads on, putting my helmet on. Basically everything that I can control pregame wise um, is kind of on my list. And then once once you get into game time, it's all out of your hands, right? You're at the mercy of the situation that the game puts you in. Mm. So um, whether that be a three and out on the first drive or we've had games where you know, we may punt once in the first half and it's not till mid second quarter. And every time that we get the ball on offense, we have to be, you know, I go through, I do two snaps, two full punt snaps, 
and then I toss um, I toss some underhands uh, underhand snaps to the punter so he can mold his his uh, his drop, and we kind of just do that and and hang out and talk through the situation until it's time for our number to be called on third down and we go line up the punt team. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean it, it's it's kind of pretty much everything up until kickoff is really uh, the only stuff that I can control. Uh, yeah. So we're talking with, we, I have a mouse in my pocket. Um, I'm talking with Reed Ferguson. He's the current long snapper for the Buffalo bills. And we're talking about his story of really becoming a pro. And he's talked about how he's been able to snap a ball thousands of times and he's done it in so many places. Reed, we're going to flip the page to kind of a funny story. Do you remember at one of our buddy uh, Steven's wedding uh, the night before and we're uh, in a uh, parking lot? I do. So <laughs> we're we're in North Alabama and we've got a uh, we've got Philip Rivers in the car with us and we're just out there hanging out and we go to this was a steak and shake or burger joint and someone was dying for a burger. So we see some guys in the parking lot and they were throwing the football. What happened? <laughs> what happened after that? I, I'm pretty sure it was Steven or Philip or one of them enticed me to start snapping it in the middle of a Walmart parking lot. <laughs> They're nuts, dude. <laughs> Reed snapped that ball <laughs> back to this guy. They were just hanging out. It was just a Friday night, you know, no big deal. It was, you know, late May. They're out there, you know, having, I don't know, milkshakes and just catching up, listening to Jason Aldean, chilling on a dirt road. <laughs> and here comes Reed. He said, we got the best snapper from West Limestone. <laughs> and Reed, you snapped a laser back to those dudes. <laughs> of course. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Fun stories. What do you love about long snapping? If you've done it thousands of times, there's something about going through all this that you have to enjoy. Yeah, I think it's um, and it's funny that you asked that question because I was um, just talking to my punt, one of, one of the punters, well, my punter that for the past year and a half, uh, Corey Bajorquez, I guess past two seasons, but. Um, we were out getting some extra work in and, and I, you know, we were snapping and he was, and he was punting and I just kind of looked at him and I was like, isn't it, isn't it just fun to be out here like doing something that you're really good at? Mm. Right. Something that just that at this point, it just comes natural. It's second nature. Mm. Um, and we could just go out there and have a good time while working on our craft. And that was just something that I really enjoyed. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I love it. I love long snapping. I have a passion for um, teaching other kids how to snap. I'm teaching one of my coaches or one of the coaching staff um, on the defensive side of the ball, his, his kids in high school. Uh, and I'm, I'm teaching him how to snap right now. He, and he, you know, he's, he's picking up on it, but that's one thing that I, that I just have a passion for is, is helping guys get to kind of uh, up to my level. Uh, as long as they don't come for my job, but um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, I, I love it. I love the intricacies of it. I love the, the, 
the mundane atmosphere that comes with it where it's the same same crap every day <laughs> and you just have to be really good and it's a it's an internal challenge to be perfect um all the time because it you're not i mean and this goes for for every specialist kicker punter snapper you you know based on the situation of the game really well not actually it doesn't really matter what the situation is when you're out there on the field you have one chance you're not a quarterback you're not a running back you're not a receiver you're not a tight end you're not an offensive lineman you don't play any defensive position right you don't get a second chance to just do it over mm-hmm. if i have a bad snap and it costs our team two points, we might lose the game, mm. right? If mm. a quarterback throws an interception, they can just go out on the next drive and do it over again, dude, right? Yeah, but dude. And if they throw three touchdowns in the second half they're the and they win the game, he's the superstar, right? So, But if the kicker misses uh, two first-half kicks and we lose by five points, you know what I'm saying? You don't, yeah. you don't, get, a, you don't get a second chance at it. So um, – yeah, I mean, you, 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 it's a it's a relentless work towards towards being as perfect as you possibly can. Yeah, and to that, Tom Brady goes into the Hall of Fame with seventy eight percent accuracy. Drew Brees, Philip Rivers, Eli Peyton Manning, Roger Staubach, Patrick Mahomes, those guys get all the love. And those guys are protected by five people. They've got five people in front of them to protect them. And you don't have anybody to protect you. That's okay. I think I'm doing all right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but it's... No, I get it. I get it. I mean, if people can understand and put themselves in that situation, you have such a small margin of error. And this is the second time I'm saying it, but there's a point of emphasis here. Your amount of precision under the amount of difficulty that presents itself and that's that's in a perfect world that's in a dome i researched your last three seasons your home games and this is and this is what i found from a weather perspective this is all data validated by the nfl read on an average day this is your average day at new era field in orchard park new york you're going to play in about 42-degree weather. And the wind's going to be a crosswind at 12 miles an hour, and you're likely going to get a gust up to 20 miles an hour. And you'll play likely, except for one game, there's been one home night game in the last three years, but you're going to play at 1 p.m. Eastern. That's right. And I don't. It's funny that you mentioned the wind because it is absolutely whipping outside right now. And and from that same direction. Yeah, it comes off the lake. Comes yep. off the lake. Comes off the lake and blows um, southeast towards Orchard Park. Uh, we're south of Buff, about twenty minutes south of Buffalo on the map. So the wind, the wind comes off the lake straight to us, straight into the straight into New Era Field. And. And you're, you might play in blizzards. Almost all your game. I mean, you've had a, couple, a handful full of games, at least at home, where it was, it was snowing. Yeah, uh, 17, 2017, we played in um, 
played the Colts at home in December. And I believe we got a foot of snow in three hours. That was pretty, pretty, pretty nuts. So there's another famous long snapper that came that, that played for the Bills for I think a season or two. Have you ever heard of the name John Dorenboss? Absolutely. Dude, after talking to my buddy this morning, I had no idea who he was. And yeah, then he I, really he really blew up. Um, I think two years ago, he kind of really, really started putting himself on the map because uh, he because he started with the magician stuff. Yeah, and yeah. I, I I got a chance to listen to him, and it, and it's funny because, you know, he he says a lot of the same things that you did. I, I, he you said the word mundane. He said he loved the repetition, and then he was doing card tricks at the same time. Yeah, you know, and and there's some, it's something about that. Same stuff. And I didn't know about him until yesterday morning. That's the yep. life of a long snapper. To bring this full circle, you guys have a thankless job, but a highly specific job that is really undervalued and underappreciated, in my opinion, from what, from how I view long snappers. Sure. Next time I go to confession, I need to tell the, I need to tell the priest, uh, Father, I have not given enough love to long snappers. <laughs> and hopefully my penance will be from a good priest buy the next long snapper you meet food is that a he's good way to tell you to go he's gonna tell you to go recite three hail reads <laughs> all i know about the hail reads is those those are perfectly answered prayers <laughs> Comes with a good barbecue sauce. <laughs> yeah. Barbecue. Reed loves barbecue. And what I'm actually thinking about doing, Reed, is kind of a maybe a league-wide cook-off led by long snappers. Let's go then. And I think we should st- – I don't know who your arch nemesis would be, but I want to find out who that is. Do you know of a, a, another cooking buddy out there that might be a, a good first round? I don't know. I don't. I don't follow – uh any any all the people that i follow none of them really uh are on the grill as much as i am so that means that reed gets a first round buy so for all the other nfl long snappers who are listening to this podcast you are on the clock and i'd like to draft you and we're gonna we're gonna have a cook-off this spring 2021 i think it would be fun so we're going to go back to this. Do you know who the long snapper was? This is a little trivia question. Do you know who the long snapper was for Vinatieri's two Super Bowl winning kicks? Um, uh, Paxton? Lonnie Paxton? And it only is that right? I think it is. I think that is right. Yeah. I think he was there early 2000s. You know what's funny? Vinatieri gets the microphone in his face. Tom Brady will be remembered as the goat forever. And the long snapper just walks off the field. Dude, I'm a kicker. You and I both played at LSU together. I can't kick the ball if it's not there. Games are literally won or lost on a kick. And if the ball's not there, yo no puedo patear el pelota. I can't kick the ball. It's, unbe- That's right. it's unbelievable, man. 
So at what point are, are, are long snappers going to get some love? I don't – I mean, that's a good question. I don't know if, if there's a lot of guys out there that, that want it. Yeah. I don't think the – you know, I don't think the demand is is there. You know, you um, – most guys will tell you that they don't want to be – they don't want you to know who they are. You know, it's a bad thing to know who the snapper is mm-hmm. until they met – you know, only when they mess up – you know what I mean? So you just you want to be Batman then? Batman did not want to be known. He just wanted to do his exactly. job and then exactly obviously not make any mistakes. As long as I'm doing my job the right way, you shouldn't know who I am. But I <laughs> and on the flip side, you know it's but it, it, you know in this day and age when guys are trying to create brands and stuff, you obviously want to know who guys are from from that point of view. But uh, on the on the field, snappers more than more often than not usually want to fly below the radar yeah definitely speaking for myself as well so you can you can stroll around the buffalo metropolitan and people won't know who you are uh it very rarely happens yes very rarely well let's get to some fan i'm perfectly fine with well let's get to some uh fan questions are you perfectly fine with that yeah let's do it so i I did a little instagram shout out a couple days ago and guys look up to you man how cool is that? Well, I appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, I, I I try to set a good example for for those guys um, as much as I as much as I can. So uh, I appreciate it. Well, I mean, you made it in college as a long snapper, and one kid said when I was literally getting bullied, he would look up to you, and be like, "Look, this guy made it. He's an example." So Connor Cortez, he's from Texas. He asked, "Was there events that did not go your way?" maybe in your high school career or your college career or early on in your pro career? Um, just in general or injuries or, or anything specific? Yeah, I think he was asking like – Just in general? Yeah. If there like was what a, kind of hardships have I kind of gone through? Yeah, or, or maybe competitions or, or any kind of ruts or slumps. Sure. Yeah, so um, three. I've got three that kind of – uh, shoot out to me and, and one from high school, one college and one NFL. But, uh, so high school, um, so it was my, my senior year on, on senior night, I had already committed to LSU, you know, was, was excited about, uh, I was, do, I was graduating early. So I was leaving at the end of that semester and, uh, senior night comes around playing offensive line and I tore up my thumb, the ligament in my thumb. Uh, on my left hand. So it really, you know, I wasn't able to snap or do anything, uh, do anything else. So I had to get surgery on it and uh, basically missed the next three games of the playoffs or the first three rounds of the playoffs um, and, and just had to sit out and then came back for the semifinal and the championship game. But uh, that was something that, 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 you know, obviously, I had to get through, but I had to wear a brace for the last two games and uh, just had to learn how to overcome dealing with that, uh, which definitely wasn't fun, made it pretty hard. But uh, in in college, going into my sophomore year, uh, I think we, we had just reported to training camp and I think we were prepping to play TCU in Dallas or uh, maybe it was in – no, I think it was in Dallas. And um, – I, I was really, really struggling. Uh, 
with my snapping. I didn't really know what was going on. I just felt like something was off. Uh, and it kind of took me about a week or two of really drilling in with my drill work and really focusing in and, and I got it fixed, but I was, uh, I mean, looking back on it, I was a little scared uh, cause we were really close to the, you know, really close to the first game and it was a huge game nationally televised and everything. And, you know, we were supposed to be really good that year. So I didn't want to let down the team, but uh, you know, once the, once the game rolled around, I kind of uh, fell back on my fundamentals and, and all the drills that I've, that I had done over the past couple of weeks to, that I knew that would help me improve. And, and I, you know, I snapped, uh, snapped some dimes in pregame and felt good about it. Um, so, uh, and then I guess the third example off the top of my head that I could, you know, that I could come up with was, was uh, back in 2016 when I was coming out of LSU and going through the draft process, got signed undrafted to Buffalo and basically went through a competition uh, and got cut and they brought me back on the practice squad, but, uh, I really felt like I, you know, like I did enough to win the job, um, that season, but it just didn't work out. And it was something that I had to deal with, uh, something that, uh, I think really helped me actually get to where I am right now. Um, so yeah, that's, you know, it's, everybody's got their trials and tribulations that they go through, but those are kind of some that I've, that I can think of. So the first response in high school was what staying positive. Like I've got an injury and I'm going to stay positive. Yeah, that was, yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty much all you could do at that point because it was basically, um, I could basically play through it and just play with like a cast on, uh, which I wasn't, you know, I wasn't too pumped up about cause I, I would, I basically wouldn't be able to snap. Yep. I would just play O line or I could get and, and I'd have to wait and get surgery after the season. Um, and that would hinder, that would really put off my timing, uh, for reporting to LSU and being on time to be able to snap for spring practice and stuff. So I just, I, I decided to go ahead and get the surgery. Then they had, you know, enough guys to, fill in for me on on the offensive line so um, you know we were able to able to cover for me but yeah just staying positive and and knowing that I made the right decision in in the end okay and then the LSU I mean you've got speed price and quality pick two you're you the only two you can pick is speed because you got two weeks left before the season and quality because you don't really have the money to go out and go to your coaches because you, you're, you're stuck at LSU. And your response there was, hey, I, I need to just focus on my drill work. I need to focus on what got me here. That's right. Yeah, that's pretty much – I mean, I, yeah, you nail on the head. You, that's, that's pretty much all I, all I could do and all that I did, and it worked. And then the third response as a pro is, dude, that's a, what, $300,000 – $400,000, you know, decision that was made by people that you have no control over. Yep. So you, I guess, did you, did your previous experience get you through that? Yeah. I mean, it, it taught me, you know, I, I, you know, perseverance, per perseverance comes to mind. Um, and just knowing that, you know, I knew deep down that I, you know, based on my film and, and all of the practices that we did, leading up to 
the, the cut days, uh, I knew that I was good enough to play. Uh, I just knew that the timing just wasn't right and that, you know, whether it was for Buffalo or whether it was somewhere, somewhere else, um, you know, somebody was going to give me a chance eventually and it worked out. But did you feel mad or upset or anxious or worried? I mean, here, this is your favorite thing that you've been doing. I mean, what was that really that feeling like when you leave the general manager's office? Hey, Reed, you're going to be cut. And then you've got to turn in all of whatever, you know, if anybody's seen hard knocks, I mean, did you have that kind of walk out of the building? Uh, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's about spot on with, with, uh, it may not be as, as dr- drama dramatized, I guess is mm-hmm. the word that, you know, that, that hard knocks is, but yeah, I mean, the guy, you know, it was, it was the last, it was, it was the, uh, the first cut day that was back when they did two cut days. Now they just do one. Um, but that was, you know, the, everybody knew it was the first cut day and, um, the guy just caught me, we had just practiced and, they caught me coming off the field and, and just told me to turn my stuff in and, and meet them in the hallway. So I had to go turn all my iPad and equipment in. So, uh, yeah, it's just something that you learn to deal with though. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, you got to know when you're getting into this business, you got to know what you're getting yourself into. I've been saying that for the past five years, you got to know the business side of things mm. because it's not always going to work out in your favor. And for whatever reason that it doesn't work out, it's not always something that you can control. But on the flip side, make it so that you you don't want to be that guy that they cut for reasons other than on-field performance, right? Don't give them a reason to cut you other than you just weren't doing very well on the field. Mm. Don't yep. be the guy that shows up late to meetings. Don't be the guy that, you know, skips meals that are mandatory in training camp, right? Don't be the guy that doesn't take notes, that doesn't know his playbook, right? Do you have any stories of, like, being three minutes early to a meeting when you were supposed to be five minutes early to a meeting, like Michael Strahan shared about with Tom Coughlin? Yeah, well, I mean, I I knew that, you know, go. I knew in 2016 that I was going to do everything possible to get the job. Whatever that meant, I was early to everything. I was never the last one to leave. I mean, I was always one of the last ones to leave. I was always one of the first ones in the building, right? It's that mindset that I that I think got me to where I am today, but it's, it's the consistency of it. Also, you can't just do it for a week and then, and then kind of teeter off. And now you just kind of show up to meetings on time now. Right. I was that whole 20 practice squad year. And, and really since then I was 10 to 15 minutes early to meetings. I was the first one in the meeting room and, and my special teams coach was, was he always beat me in there. (laughs) I take it back. He beat me in there probably 75% of the time. Sometimes I'd walk in and barely beat him, but most of the time it was just me and him in there for about, you know, five to seven minutes before everybody else started, started funneling in the room. Wow. And that, that shows dedication. Sure. 
Sure, sure it does. I mean, who who else gets to any of their? I don't even get to church five to seven minutes early. I probably should. <laughs> I mean, your priorities. Look, I mean, look, you you also have a C on your jersey, and there is no Buffalo. There's no C in Buffalo, and there's no C in Bills. So, what does that C mean? Yeah, I was voted um, voted team captain last year. Uh, I was probably one of, if not the, you know, the achievement that I'm most, most proud of, uh, in my career up to, up to this point. No mail-in ballots. I mean, this was, this was a legitimate, this was not fraud. No, no collusion. No, not that I'm aware of. <laughs> no, it was, it was, uh, yeah. So, yeah. I'm, I'm super thankful to my teammates, uh, for, for believing in me and, and, and counting on my leadership. We have another question from Jonathan Washburn. He's another uh, long snapper with, with Rubio from Texas. And he said, in, in high school, a lot of guys have trouble with recruiting. It doesn't happen quick. It's unclear. What would you tell, the guy, tell guys like that? Yeah, so one of the things that I did in high school, and, um, uh, you know, it's very time-consuming, uh, and I'm not – I'll be honest, I'll, you know, disclaimer, I'm not too up and informed on the recruiting uh, techniques nowadays. I don't know if they've improved since I was going through it and, yeah. you know, 10 years ago. But, uh, you know, I basically made a highlight film. My dad copied it onto about 300 discs. <laughs> and I mailed uh, – one one disc and a letter and a hand signed letter to every D school 120 of them i mailed three packages to every school i sent one to the recruiting coordinator i sent one to the head coach and i sent one to the special teams coordinator and i heard back from a handful but that's 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 what you and, and and like I said, it's very time consuming. It's it's potentially very costly. Um, but that's 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 what you have to do to get your name out there. Yeah, because other other than going to uh, camps, summer whether it's Rubio or uh, or or somebody else or the kicking camp of the school itself. You're not. It's very hard to get your name out there if you're if if your name is not on, not on a list somewhere right. where somebody can find you online. Just because that's the nature of it now. So getting getting putting the effort in uh, to get your name out there, I think is is number one. So you talked about earlier how much you love like helping guys out, and this is an example of you hopping on this podcast to help someone out. But I happened to DM a guy named David Stanfill. Yeah. Dude, he said that you helped give him pointers, and I think Blake helped give him pointers as well along the way in his career. So with helping guys like that, what have you gotten and received from helping helping people? Yeah, so, um, I mean, it's it's really like I kind of touched on earlier. I, I, I just love it so much. I love helping guys who have a passion for it as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know that that 
you know, it's just something that I enjoy doing. And if I can run one lesson with a kid and he gets something out of it and he improves, I feel like it's, it's job done. Right. You feel, I feel, it feels, uh, like I accomplished something. Um, but it's, it's continual improvement that, uh, that, that guys that I try to teach and, and try to get guys to strive for it's nobody's, nobody's perfect. Nobody hits the spot every single time. Right. And, you know, the thing that I find about long snappers that's so interesting is regardless of the thank, thanklessness or regardless of the lack of attention, the guys that make it have that sense, have that mentality. It's not a sense. It's a mentality. It's a decision that they make every day when they wake up. Spot on. Right? I mean... On your Instagram, the first thing it says is not long snapper for the Buffalo Bills. It says Christian. That's right. What's more Christian than that? Hey, I'm not going to be perfect, but hey, today I'm going to do my best. <laughs> right. Right. And <laughs> I'm not. I'm not sitting out here to come out to be a to to be a preacher. But that's a big part of part of your process, isn't it? Your your faith in God. Absolutely. And that's something that I um, really leaned on and counted on uh, back in 2016 when I was sitting at home for two months waiting on a call. A lot of praying. Yeah. I mean, there's probably a lot of thoughts going on. There's a lot of praying, a lot of thoughts, you know, thoughts on both sides that are going through your head on on those, you know, two months. A couple things we haven't talked about. And this is, again, this is Reed Ferguson. He's the long snapper for the Buffalo Bills and going on your fourth season, uh, active season. You had one season as a uh, practice squad guy. Yeah, so fourth active, fifth total. Yep. Yeah. And undrafted out of LSU. And we didn't talk too much about your LSU career, but is there anything that sticks out to you about your career and, and what we're talking about? Your brother is Blake Ferguson what was it like being able to help him for that one season and to overlap? Um, so just kind of let us know what that was like. Yeah, so that was that was probably one of the coolest parts of, of my story uh, thus far was to be able to share a, uh, a season with Blake uh, on the same team and kind of take him under my wing for that year. Uh, really enjoyed doing that. But, um, no, I mean, it, I tell people all the time if I could do – kind of rewind and do LSU all over again, that'd be awesome. I love playing there. It's, it's, uh, you, you got, you can't take it for granted because it goes by too quickly. Mm. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, it, it, the memories, you know, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir here cause you know, we, we spent, you know, so much time together, mm. but, um, yeah, I mean the memories, uh, of, of everything, classes, workouts, games practices i mean you name it mm. um you know it all sticks with you but uh yeah i mean uh, you know a lot of that stuff teaches you how to how to go about your your life right now from a pro perspective uh dealing with you know a, a lot of it has to do with the locker room aspect of it is just dealing with guys from from all over mm. and being able to 
know how to communicate um, across different positions and across different backgrounds, uh, especially from a guy that that plays on, you know, that, that plays on special teams, I have to be able to communicate with offense and offense and defensive guys mm. because everybody plays special teams. You know, there's a handful of guys on our team that don't. Right. So being able to effectively communicate across all positions is something that, that is, uh, that's important. So we're coming up on hunting season in in Texas and in many places that like to shoot ducks. And, you know, the example is with this question is if you've ever hunted with a bird dog, they cannot wait to retrieve a bird. I mean, that is what these animals are bred for. Long snappers are similar when it comes to a punt that is muffed. Reed's got his hands up. What is that feeling like when the returner muffs a punt and you are within a two-yard radius of him? That is a that's an adrenaline rush that you can't replace anywhere <laughs> else, James Harrison. <laughs> What's it like? Have you been in the bottom of a pile? Have you been close? Have you got have you felt you the what. football after it's touched a returner? I I think I have one in my career, but I have a I've been in the pile on a couple more, and I will say this: my let's see, two I think it was two years ago, maybe it was 2018. I actually had one of my teammates steal it from me on the bottom of the pile, so that was awesome. <laughs> but um, he stole it from you. Yeah. So what a yeah. prick. <laughs> no, but it was uh, no. It's a it's a very exhilarating feeling. Did y'all split that ball oh. in half? Did y'all cut it in half after the game? <laughs> no, he t- he took it and ran with it. Oh my gosh! Okay, Reed. As we as we close off with uh, Reed Ferguson, the long snapper for the Buffalo Bills, tell me what your favorite food is. Uh, what do you enjoy cooking? Tell us a little about yourself when it comes to eating. Sure. Um, kind of turned into a foodie the last couple years, and my um, new wife is putting a turbo boost on that part of me hey. uh, because we just love cooking together. Hey. Um, I would say, gosh, favorite food. I mean, I love a good burger. <laughs> I love, Burgers. love, love a good burger. Uh, any kind of barbecue and um, gosh, chicken Parmesan. Love me some good chicken parm. Okay. Favorite sport outside of American football to watch? European football. Oh, European football. And who is your favorite right. club? Uh, European be Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Over here be Atlanta United. I've got season tickets. Okay. Shout out to Atlanta yep. United. Ha- ha- hashtag, what's their hashtag at Atlanta United? Uh, five stripes. <laughs> five stripes. Five stripes. And Chelsea is their hashtag is second place to Liverpool. <laughs> You'll never walk alone. <laughs> this is the, the, this is uh, we'll have to get after this on another podcast. On another podcast episode, Reed. This was so much fun. Uh, you are an all pro. You will have a long career until 
I bet your career ends when my hair is as bald as Scott Van Pelt. You are a very useful part of the team, not just on the field, but a huge asset to the to the to the squad on on the outside. And the organization is really lucky to have you. The wisdom and advice you gave these long snappers, these young guys, college guys, and maybe some NFL free agents that are sitting on the same couch that you're sitting on that can listen to this. So this was really cool that you came on. And again, this podcast was here to stress the importance of the long snapper, to stress that Reed has a thankless job in a very difficult difficult conditions under you know immense amount of pressure. And the way that you've handled yourself, comported yourself is is remarkable. So, dude, going into year five, I am going to be your biggest fan and dude, let's get it. You know, like let's go get a Super Bowl. Let's do it. Yep. Thanks for having me on. Enjoyed it. Uh as always. I want you to uh one day long snap the Vince Lombardi trophy to me. <laughs> In my backyard. That'll happen. <laughs> That'll happen. And there he goes. Reed Ferguson, long snapper for the Buffalo Bills. Thanks so much for joining, brother. Thank you, James. If you enjoyed the content, join the community by subscribing to the Simple Kicking channel below or drop a like and maybe a comment. It would be really cool to hear from you. Also, you'll find Simple Kicking on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and yes, even TikTok.